class is officially in session on our 2021-2022 season and review episode. And I'm excited for this. One. I'm excited too. I'm excited to be back in this middle school sort of Absolutely. environment. I uh, I honestly can't wait for lunch. There was uh, there was rumors of fruit snacks. Really? So I heard, I, I heard some stuff about Capri Suns too. Oh, I am certainly excited for that. But to start off with, got a classic case of the old playground drama Ooh. between longtime partners PK and Shakira, allegedly. Shakira saw PK hugging another girl on the other side of the playground. Really? Yeah. This was news to me, but I'm going to let you get into it a little bit. Okay. We do not want to be doing these segments every week with yes. like, <laughs> this there's, relationship drama. We would okay. like to point out that there's not as much relationship drama as you'd think if you listen to no. the first two po- episodes of this podcast. But if there is drama to cover, we're here to cover it. Yes. But what is going on in the world of soccer right now? Because do we do we have to make this a relationship counseling podcast? <laughs> we should make a second podcast yeah. just for the Jordan Heidema and Alfonso Davies saga. But anyway. I, I don't know who's safe anymore. Is Messi and uh, Antonella going to break up next? No one's safe. Nobody is safe. Okay, so this is like, if you thought that Alfonso Davies, Jordan Heidema breakup was like a big deal, this is like that on like steroids. Sure. Um. Shakira and PK have been together since, like, the 2010 World Cup. They've been together for literally almost 12 years. Mm. They met on the set of Waka Waka, pot, the GOAT uh, of um, World Cup songs. I mean, I think that since that was before FIFA had World Cup mode, and it literally just played the song on loop, so I hated it, like <laughs> the 2018 one, that and Waving Flag... Waving Flag was an unofficial World Cup song. But it, Waving Flag is fantastic. Yeah. But Waka Waka, it's, it's an all-time. In terms of official World Cup songs, I don't think there's any that match. Yes, really. certainly a club banger. But anyways, so they got together uh, during the World Cup there. Actually, kind of like a fun story where they met on the set of Waka yeah, Waka. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, in order to meet again, because Shakira was playing at the finals... PK and Spain had to get to the finals, which obviously <laughs> they did and won. So that was, was very nice really, story. I mean, they did win the World Cup, but yeah. really, Spain's main goal was to reunite PK yeah. with Shakira. And they ended they up didn't care about the World Cup. <laughs> no, they got a secondary. Yeah, they donated that to Netherlands, actually. Or, they're, uh, they're just all doing their, <laughs> fulfilling their duties as wingmen to, <laughs> to, to, to PK. Because <laughs> he's about to bag Shakira. Like. <laughs> Anyway, you told me you bet you bet Shakira. Yeah, we're, we're making all right, the we got We got to make the final now. All right. <laughs> We have different motives now. <laughs> anyway, so now let's assess some of the rumors as to why they are separating. And most of them have to do with PK cheating. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the rumors is that PK cheated with just an unnamed, like, 22-year-old. Okay. Um, but that's not the one we're here for. This one, this next one, now I have heard some people discredit it, but nonetheless, I've seen enough stuff on socials where we have to acknowledge it. That PK possibly cheated with 17-year-old teammate Gavi's own mother. Oh, my God. If that's true, if that's true, PK, come on, man. I mean, I guess she's close to the club. She probably comes to games and stuff, but, like... You've seen her in the stands. Yeah, keep it in your pants, PK. Come on, man. You're dating Shakira. (laughs) I mean, come on. Think of the caliber of woman you have to go for after leaving Shakira, how do you go up? I don't there? know what Gavi's mother looks like, yeah. but she's got to be yeah. pretty attractive. Um, it turns out 
PK and Shakira were actually never married. Yeah, I did not know. I mean, I just figured, but they have like two kids together. Yeah, too, they they've so. been together what 2010, 12 years, uh, coming up on twelve years, like, and no marriage. That's I guess maybe it was doomed to not work out if they weren't willing to get married but who knows i'm not again this is not a uh, love guru podcast and just to rub salt into the wounds barca announced at pretty much the same time that they were hosting weddings at the camp mill <laughs> which is it's funny it's just hilarious it's just comedic timing i guess you it's say, perfect comedic timing. Uh, i mean clearly they're doing that to try to finance robert Lewandowski yeah. this summer but it is very funny yes. <laughs> um Again, for the romantic session, we were going to continue on to a segment about Gemma Owen. Uh, Mike, if you don't know, Michael Owen's daughter is now starring on the next season of UK's most well-known uh, reality, reality TV show, Love Island. We were going to sit down and watch an episode and report back to you guys for this uh on the podcast. But in the words of Shalish Gambino, this is America. This is America. So. And they shoved the American version down our throats on Hulu instead of the UK one. And literally, we threw VPNs at it. We threw Reddit forums at it. We could not find the link to this episode. And I guess it'll have to stay that way. As much as we wanted to report on Gemma Owen, and we've heard some crazy things yeah. on Twitter. Um, if you haven't seen the Gemma Owen uh banter on twitter i highly suggest you go check it out but we really wanted to report back to you guys for it but we literally could not find the episode so we're gonna have to let that one go i think the only thing we know about the parallels between Gemma owen and her father michael owen is that they both pretty much hit their prime around like between like 19 and like yeah. 22 yeah. i think michael owen was ballon d'or like 21 and yeah. then kind of <laughs> dropped off so both of them hit their prime yes. at Pretty much around the same uh, age. Gemma Owen will not be on Love Island for much longer, but I'm glad she's making the most out of her prime. Um, but I think that's the bell. I think time for the next period. Yep. Gotta get into some young. Yes. So Ethan and I being co-principals of the Premier League District, at the end of the year, we wanted to review some of the teachers and how their years went. So today we'll be reviewing the teachers that finished with the top six best test scores throughout the district this year so the first of our teacher reviews today will be mr guardiola and we all know the prowess that mr guardiola has he has had yet another fantastic season as teacher of this class um our top performing class again this year uh back to back um just another stellar performance we cannot ask for much more no. out of mr guardiola this year yeah, it never ceases to impress me how well Mr. Guardiola's class performs, despite not having a single student who mainly studies goal scoring. It's true. Yeah. And I'm just concerned as to why his immense success in domestic testing hasn't translated into any strong European testing I, results. It really doesn't make sense how all of his students perform so well on the domestic testing, yet when he goes into the European testing, when, when his students take the European tests, they failed the Lyon tests and they failed the, you know, these team, the, these tests that they should be passing, you know, and they, and they failed them after such strong domestic performances. It really doesn't add up. Um, they failed, you know, Monaco tests in the past. It's, yeah. it's just, it, it's really concerning from a broad perspective, but obviously can't fault them this year. Did decently well on the European testing, but obviously dominance. 
first class in the uh, in the domestic testing. And next year they're bringing in a highly regarded uh, transfer student Erling Holland, yes. who does very well on the European testing, and hopefully he can be the student that really raises those test scores. I I'm excited to see how Erling Holland will learn in Mr. Guardiola's class. He is one of the top uh, teachers in the world of all time. Um, and there's really no one I would like to see Erling Holland learn under than Pep Guardiola. All right, so let's get into some of the top performing students, starting with Kevin De Bruyne. I, arguably the valedictorian this year. Yes. Um, for a third straight year, he has just put in performance after performance. Even in this high average class where almost everyone in the class has academic talent. Yeah. He still stands out above the rest. It takes so much to stand out in Absolutely. Mr. Royola's class. And yet every single year, yep. there seems to be no other student that really stands out above Absolutely. the rest like Kevin does. Absolutely. And in all subjects, too. Even the defending subject, you know? He, he still puts in, he works very hard on the defending subject, even for a player of him, uh, a student of his caliber. Um, and Jao Cancelo, you know? standout year for him yes uh earning his place in this class uh again amongst a lot of talent he still stood out um what do you think about Yao Cancelo? I think what I've been impressed by most with Yao's progress is in the left back subject considering that for most of his academic career he's been proficient in the right back subject exactly and that's been really important for the class since Benjamin Mendy got expelled yeah unfortunately and he was, we had to expel yes. we had Benjamin Mendy for uh, academic misconduct if you will yes and he was really the only person lifting that left back average so he had to yeah he had to take the brunt of that and he's done fantastic sure. in that regard um I know we mentioned earlier about uh, students who weren't so proficient in the goal scoring, but yes. there was one student who was generally decent in the goal scoring, and that was Gabriel Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, and we're, we'll be sad to see him most likely leave Mr. Guardiola's class this summer and look for a different school. Just wasn't the right fit for him, the class was. So... We'll be interested to see where he transfers to, whether it's in the school, maybe out of the school, maybe the La Liga district. Um, it could have a very, very interesting take on his development as a student. Yeah, I've seen a lot of other classes, especially Mr. Arteta, looking to transfer uh, Gabriel Jesus into his class. Absolutely. I think Gabriel Jesus can develop his goal-scoring subject skills really well in his class. So we'll see, we'll see what happens uh, before next school year. Um, but all in all, for Mr. Guardiola, another, one, successful. another successful year, one of our top professors, he's, he's just one of those that you can never really fire, you know? You can never really say he's had a bad year. He just puts it in every single year, and we're expecting much more of the same in the next school year. So for our next teacher review will be Mr. Klopp of the Liverpool class. And again, another professor you just can't really fault for how he's done over the course of the school year. Full semesters, all four quarters, just day in and day out, stellar performances. Again, when you're teaching in a school with the likes of Mr. Guardiola, it may be tough to be that top performing class, but you really can't fault what 
Professor Klopp has done this year. Yeah, you can't necessarily compare yourself too much to others when, again, Mr. Guardiola's class is always just at the very, very top. If You can't uh, beat his class's test scores every year. Yeah. So, Mr. Klopp's class definitely shouldn't feel disappointed with how they've done this year. Um, and despite performing pretty horribly in the goal-scoring sections of their final exams this year, yes. they managed to have the highest average grade on two of their three final exams. So weird. All three final exams. Yeah. Practically nothing from the goal-scoring subject. Um, but Something again, that they've been proficient in in just the regular absolutely. class average throughout the entire year. Get players in there. Mo Salah, Diogo Jota, Sadio Mane. Uh, we'll get to them in a second, but these players are all so proficient in goal scoring, yet they perform so poorly on those final exams in the goal scoring area. So It's very surprising. Okay, so let's get into some of the top performing students from Mr. Klopp's class, starting with Mohamed Salah, another valedictorian. Yes, um, right there. arguably, certainly. Um, I mean, if he kept up his ridiculously good grades from that first semester, I mean, first semester, it seemed like it wouldn't even be... He's going to run away with it a close competition for who would get valedictorian. But, you know, he did load up a little bit in the second semester. Yep. Not He was still, you know, keeping a high average, but just not quite at the levels we saw in the first semester. But yep. nonetheless, I mean, in terms of the goal scoring and assist subjects, he was top of the class. Mm -hmm. So another really quality candidate for valedictorian this year. Uh, another student who just puts in such consistent performances is Mr. Van Dyke. Yes. Um, especially when he transferred into Jurgen Klopp's class. Almost from day one, he has been stellar. There have been so many successful students absolutely. who transferred from the Southampton class into Mr. Klopp's class. There's a tradition of excellence, yes. certainly, from that uh, pipeline. It seems but... to be a natural progression for <laughs> students in the school. Yes. Uh, Mr. Mane, of yes. course, was, is another example. Um but again, there's almost nobody better in the district, if not the world, in the defending subject mm -hmm. than Mr. Van Dyke. Uh, you almost didn't think he had a standout season based on his grades in the past under Mr. Klopp, but he just is fantastic. He's a fantastic student. He continues to learn, and he continues to impress us day in and day out. And I think some students, some parents even, might discount that a little bit but we truly believe that he has been fantastic this season um you want to get into the next player yes Student. i do i'd love to talk about uh mr alcantara sure. i think uh tiago alcantara in this last semester specifically has really started to get some of the same caliber grades we saw from his days at the munich school which he transferred from sure. a couple years ago and some of the projects that he's made in this class i've seen them and they are just the creativity he absolutely uses, and there it's just works of art really he's a prodigy yeah it's it's great to watch him at work and to see what he can produce in mr klopp's class and it's what we expected when he transferred in and perhaps you know his first couple semesters under mr klopp wasn't quite you know as committed as he is now but we can really see his true talent on display sure um and another one that really excels in that creativity subject mm -hmm. is the young Mr. Trent Alexander-Arnold. Um, one of the younger pieces of Mr. Klopp's class, but, you know, nonetheless talented. Yes. He's stellar in the 
crossing subjects, in the offensive subjects in, in general. Um, I guess one of the concerns I might have with Trent Alexander-Arnold is how frequently Mr. Klopp likes to talk about how stellar Mr. Alexander-Arnold is in the defending subject, yet looking at his test grades, he just doesn't seem to perform that well on those defending subjects. He's fantastic in all the other subjects, but just kind of consistently underperforms in defending subjects, so contrary to what Mr. Klopp says in every time I've seen him. He said, oh, that Trent Alexander-Arnold, always succeeding defensively. Maybe, maybe you should change his tune a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Trent Alexander-Arnold, his, his test scores in the defending subject, subject, they're just really not reflecting uh, Mr. Klopp's praise for him. And if he was able to get those scores up in the defending subject, I mean, he could be undoubtedly the best in this subject in the world. And, right, and he's still, nonetheless, right up there Absolutely. in the subject. Even as a young student. Yes. And the last, play, the last student we want to get to for Mr. Klopp's class is an unfortunately departing student, one of our favorite students, mm-hmm. Mr. Mane. Um, he recently informed the district that he would be leaving uh, Mr. Klopp's class. Where he's going yet, we've heard rumors that he would transfer to the Bundesliga district, specifically um, Mr. Nagelsmann's Munich class. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we'd like to see him there. I think that would be a good fit for him academically. Uh, but we are sad to see him leave. Yeah, he's been a big contributor in Mr. Klopp's class ever since uh, Mr. Klopp was hired for uh, to teach the Liverpool class. And he's been really impressive. And when Mr. Klopp took over this class and when Mane joined the class, they had they were kind of in the middle tier of you know the classes in the sure. school. And as Mane's departing, this Liverpool class is... Right at the very top of the Absolutely. Year. Absolutely. So he's definitely served this class well. Yes. Well, that just about wraps it up for our review of Mr. Klopp's year. Uh, our reviews will continue on to Mr. Tuchel's review. Tuchel, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Another class that's had a very solid year. Yes. Um, another young class that maybe... Mr. Tuchel was worried that he would have some disciplinary issues, maybe some consistency issues throughout the academic year, some tests. Um, You know, certainly throughout the year, they've had their ups and downs on certain tests. But all in all, a very solid year. Yes, I mean, on their final exams this year, they just seem to not quite be able to get enough points to get them at the very top of the class, just not quite above Mr. Klopp's class. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, they've been very impressive. Uh, a lot of young students are developing very well under uh, Mr. Tuchel's teaching. So I think that uh, the parents of these students in Mr. Tuchel's class have a lot to look forward to. Absolutely. In years to come yes, in yes. they will be uh, a class that ranks highly for years to come. Yes. Uh, again, Mr. Klopp's and Mr. Guardiola's class are kind of in... A different tier when it comes to academics but you could argue that Chelsea are on their way up to that tier I would say getting into some of their top performing students this year some of Mr. Tuchel's top performing students this year you can't talk about Mr. Tuchel's class without talking about Mason Mount yeah he is a, one of the younger again the, a lot of the team is young but he is one of those young pieces 
we're glad that he's maintaining good grades under Mr. Tuchel. Um, he actually did a semester at a different school at the Darby County School um, with a manager that would actually come teach the Chelsea class for a short mm-hmm. period of time, Mr. Lampard. Yes. Um, but right as he came in, you know, he showed very promising stuff in Mr. Lampard's class at the Derby County uh, class. Um, and we're very glad that he obviously carried that into the Chelsea class uh, and then carried it into Mr. Tuchel's tenure over the class. Uh, big contributor in terms of test scores again. Mm-hmm. He's just one of those pieces that you can always rely on to deliver very, very consistent test scores in a class that's young and might de- deliver some inconsistencies at times. Yeah, especially since some of the transfer students like Romelu Lukaku and Timo Werner were expected to really boost the sure. the test scores and the goal scoring subjects and haven't quite done that. I think Mason's done a fantastic job of keeping that average at a high level yes. in Mr. Yeah. Tuchel's uh, class. You know, Romelu Lukaku, Mr. Lukaku is one of those transfer students that we had high expectations for. One of those few dark spots. If you can even say that he's had a, he had an okay academic year, but he has not quite lived up to expectations under Mr. Tuchel. Um, I think a lot of that is due to homesickness. I mean, he, I think he really felt at home in his former school in Milan, and it just doesn't seem like he's acquainted himself in this new class. I think if he's able to fully, you know, accept his role in this new class and really commits to it. I think there's no doubt that he has the talent to really succeed here, but only if he applies himself. Absolutely. And that's something that we'll be looking for next year. Yeah. Another young piece to Mr. Tuchel's class is Mr. James, Mr. Reese James. Uh, again, a lot of progression previously under Mr. Tuchel uh, coming from last academic school year, but certainly carried it into this academic school year and has been one of our best performing young players, young students, should I say. In the in the school in the district uh and we really didn't expect that from such a young player but he has blossomed academically yes. so uh another player that's been fantastic this year in certainly in defensive uh side of things similar to reese james antonio rudiger um and we say that again with a heavy heart because he is moving on from our school district as well he will be joining mr ancelotti's class of the la liga district mm-hmm. a lot of uh People, a lot of students proficient in the defending subject and Mr. Tuchel's class are moving into the La Liga district uh, for next year. Um, hopefully, uh, Mr. Tuchel will look to bring in some transfer students to fill that gap, that big gap that's going to be left uh, in his class next year. And hopefully, we'll be able to repair some of those uh, defending grades. Yes, yes. I, you know... When you look at their class and you look at their test scores, there's very few students left in this class that are proficient in defending. So first priority this summer should be to bring in a transfer student that can really get those defensive grades up. Uh, all in all, good year for Mr. Tuchel. Again, not quite in that tier yet with Mr. Klopp and Mr. Guardiola, but certainly getting there. And with a young class, I think anything is possible. Yes, the future is very bright for Mr. Tuchel and his state. I think so, too. Is that? Oh, that must be the bell for lunch. Oh. Okay. So I guess I guess we'll move on to lunch, and we'll get back to the rest of the reviews after lunch.
Okay. So, lunchtime. We got our own personalized lunch bags here. Let's see what we got. All right. Some honey barbecue chips. Love that. Got me turkey and cheese sandwich. I have the same turkey and cheese sandwich. Lights. You made my lunch. Did I? Yes. Oh. Very similar to how my lunch is usually, was usually made for me in, in middle school and elementary school. Sure. Uh, turkey and cheese is my favorite, though, personally. Um, I was more of a salami and cheese back in the day. That was my bread and butter. Mm. Good as always. But as we do lunch, start thinking about recess a little bit. I mean, think about recess. At least in, in my, my youth. The first thought was always recess football. Always look forward to that recess football game. So, why don't you run down for me your all-time Premier League five-a-side team made out of Premier League players for American football. So, we're looking at one QB, one running back, one lineman, and two wide receivers. Hit me. All right. First on my list, quarterback, Kevin Blount. I try to think of something a bit more creative, but it's just too hard to look past how much KD fits the quarterback role. Precision passion, precision passing, unbelievable vision, and kids don't even try to say, "Hey, let me be Q." You know, <laughs> you know how it is. Like everyone's trying to be QB. Yeah. No, no, everyone knows KDB is the quarterback. He's a quarterback of like the youth football team, so everyone knows that it's his. It's his right to refuse that role. Yeah. Before anyone else can take it. Who do you have a QB? My QB, similarly, that creative midfield piece, James Ward-Prowse. Pro comparison, Josh Allen. Tough, rugged, good with the long balls. Mm-hmm. Loves doing the long pass, just like Josh Allen loves him. That, like, 50-yard bomb to Stephon Diggs. Um, but, like, James Ward-Prowse is good with set pieces. I feel like that could translate very well. On the uh, on the playground, good with good with his legs, very athletic. I like him at QB. What about your running back? Running back, I have Tariq Lamptey. Okay, from Brighton. I feel like the obvious choice for this position is Dalton Traore, and that's what I would pick if this was the actual an actual NFL running back, just mm-hmm. because of pure power and speed. But this is recess football. I mean, it's a bit different because it's usually two-hand touch. Yeah. So being the biggest isn't necessarily an advantage. You kind of want to be, you know, small and shifty and quick. And Tariq Lamptey standing at a staggering five foot five. Okay. Perfect running back height. Yes. Perfect middle school height. <laughs> I'm just taking shots at Tariq Lamptey. Now, sorry. <laughs> but being small and shifty is the best uh, characteristic you can have as a recess running back and that is what Lampy has and I think he will slot in perfectly in that role. So for my running back as I sit my Caprice on, uh I'm gonna go with Alan of Everton. Similarly low center of gravity, you know, around that smaller build, very shifty, got good lateral movement in the midfield, great at almost like that Conte role where he can like win balls back can't really beat him 1v1 also very tenacious in the midfield and that's what i want for my running back 
pro-comp Zeke Elliott, I would say, for him. Just, if he gets going downhill, he's going to be tough to stop. And he's, you know, just rugged, built, aggressive. That's what I want at, right, at running back. What about your lineman? Lineman is a Dondre. Right? Okay. This just isn't fair. <laughs> this is the kid that hit puberty like three years early in middle school. I know exactly who that is in my grade. I'm not going to name drop, but I know exactly who that is in my grade. I know who it is in my grade, too. <laughs> so, you know, he's, he's got like the dirt mustache. Like, <laughs> like he, he's way ahead of the game for everybody else. And there's there's no kid that can get past him because not only is he just absolutely massive, but he's also quick, too. Yeah. KDB is going to be very safe, going to have all the time in the world to pick his pass at quarterback because no one's getting past the Donald Troy. He's like the type of O-lineman that people don't even try to stick like their big kid, their like big kid on. They stick like literally the worst kid on the team on because they know it won't make a difference. So they might as well, you know, just nullify the worst kid on their team. They're going to have like a four foot nine kid against the Donald Troy already. So, yeah. it wouldn't be a competition. I agree. Somehow I don't have a Domitore in my team, but uh, I went a little more tactical, I guess you could say. My lineman is Dan Byrne. Went for physicality here, you know? Dan Byrne, there's not many in the league who you could say might actually translate to American football. I think he's one of them. Similar to a Domitore. Uh, he's just purely rugged playing a position that's you need to be good with your feet just like you need to do um at offensive lineman very important to be light on your feet um but tall just built very tough to get around even if he's not the quickest he's just very tough to get around and i think on the playground there's no match for him maybe a dominatory but there's no match for him no, in terms of physical presence, I yeah. mean, maybe even more than Dontro. I mean, Dan Burns is just like yes, a he is. He is a menace. Just um, the sheer wingspan, trying to get around that. Hit me with the wide receiver. Hit me with the wide receivers real quick. Okay, so first wide receiver in here is Jamie Vardy, and Jamie Vardy is probably the closest comparison to me in terms of success <laughs> football because Jamie Vardy is that one kid who doesn't really make many moves. He just beelines. Oh, yeah. As fast as he can and try to break that, like, last line, just go for the over-the-top ball. The go-route. Yeah, the go-route. <laughs> Thank you. As soon as the quarterback spikes the ball, or hikes the ball, he's just sprinting. Yeah, he takes off. And there's a few quarterbacks that can cover him. Yeah. And good thing he has KDB at quarterback, who has, like, enough of an arm to reach him. Because sometimes he'll just be running so far that, like, the ball's not going to get there. Yeah. But, no. Uh... Every also every game of recess football needs a shit house. Just a dude who's gonna like celebrate after every single touchdown. Yeah, yeah. And Jamie Vardy is the ultimate shit Absolutely. house. Absolutely, he's gonna grab his nuts and yeah. jump in someone's face. He's probably gonna get told off by the uh whoever's on duty for yeah. recess. But uh, my first wide receiver, Wilfred Zaha. I just thought like, whose pro comparison would be Devonte Adams, and I feel like that's him. Just good first step, very quick. I feel like he'd be a good route runner. There's Really, no way to tell, but I think like he would be. I don't know. I think why. Jamie Vardy also would be a very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fairly decent route runner. Um, but he's just quick, taller, could go up and get balls. Um, on like post fades if you need to. Uh, just all around built like a wide receiver, similar to like Devontae Adams, but almost like Julio Jones, the way he's like taller but also really quick. Um, 
What about your second wide receiver? So my second wide receiver is Riyad Mahrez. Okay. And by the way, Jamie Vardy, Riyad Mahrez link up. I didn't intend for that to happen, but yeah. you know, it did. Certainly back they, to the what twenty sixteen days. Yeah. yeah. So Mahrez is shifty, quick, and he's just a nightmare to go up against. He's that kid who when he gets the ball and like knows he's like dead to rights, he's still gonna try like eight juke moves and just keep going like back yeah. just thinking that like, he's gonna get around him. Lose like, twenty yards. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> So, I also think that since he has one of the best first touches in the entire Premier League, I think that would translate into just hands in terms of catching the ball in, in uh, recess football. So, I think he's got some of the, he'll have one of the best hands, you know, on the playground. So, anything that comes his way, he's holding on to. Uh, my second wide receiver, thinking of a Tyreek Hill build. Straight up Aaron Lennon. Small and quick. That's what I wanted. Just unassuming. When Tyreek Hill came into the league, nobody thought he'd be as dominant as he was going to be. And that's similar to what people, the the kids think on the playground when he walks up. Mm -hmm. He's the last one drafted. Small, doesn't look that athletic, doesn't look like he'd be a real football player. And then when when James Ward-Prowse drops back, Aaron Lennon takes off. Similar to to, uh, Jamie Vardy. He's he's a go route type yeah. guy, and there's really few players that are gonna cover Aaron Lennon. You're gonna no press coverage on Aaron Lennon. You're gonna have to give him some space, give him some respect. He's one of those players that doesn't really have a choice. He's not going up for a fifty yeah. fifty yeah. like jump ball, so yeah. he has to give himself like five yards of separation. To have he needs to make space for yeah. himself in the he secondary. He does what he has to do to survive out there. Absolutely. Um, but I think I think that's a good overall team. Uh. Could do some damage on the playground. I mean, I'm scared for Adama Traore, and I'm pissed that I didn't put him in my team, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. (laughs) Dan Byrne won't be a picnic either for whoever has to go up against him. So, I think it's a bell. I think it's time to go back inside. Recess is over. I'm sad, but we must go back inside and uh, continue our day. Unfortunately, but I think we have some more meetings coming up, so. I think we do. And we're back from lunch. Um. Delicious. Fruit snacks have always been my favorite uh, for lunchtime classes. And that Capri Sun just really <laughs> hit different. They always do at lunchtime. Never at any time. Maybe a barbecue. I could do a Capri Sun, but I guess lunchtime would be the all-time like mm-hmm. spot. Or like, you know, a hot summer day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, pull it out of the cooler. A, if you were to pour a Capri Sun out into a cup, you'd be probably be surprised how little was in there. But during lunch, it feels like a whole, like, enough... The pouch is half the experience. Exactly, exactly. And if it's not the mini straw that you can, like, literally puncture yourself with, well, is it really Capri Sun? It's not. Anyway, we digress. We move on to Mr. Conte's class. And Mr. Conte has had a very up-and-down year in our district, but finished very strongly. Gotta credit Mr. Conte. We were... A little bit uneasy about his uh, progress towards the beginning of the year. Some concerning test results, mm-hmm. but towards the last couple of months, the last semester has been fantastic for Mr. Conte. Uh, really brought it back for his for his class. Yeah, we weren't expecting him to finish a year with higher test scores than Mr. Arteta's class. Certainly not. That was certainly a big surprise, and I'm sure all the parents of the students in Con- in uh, Mr. Conte's class be very happy about that because the parents were a little uneasy during Christmas when 
Um, Mr. Arteta's class had just far superior test scores than Mr. Conte's. Uh, but now, listen, due to some concerns around the European test results this year, we even moved him down to an easier testing group. And nonetheless, he still failed yeah. to get sufficient test scores in that lower European testing. Yeah. Uh, there was no reason why they shouldn't have been able to perform exceedingly well in this lower European testing group. Um, we thought they were up for the challenge. It turns out that much like Guardiola is stumbling in sometimes in, the, uh, in Europe, they, even in this much lower European testing group than Guardiola's, still managed to stumble a little bit. But again, domestically, finished very strong. But unfortunately, some of those European tests came earlier in the, in the year when they weren't so strong academically and they stumbled a little bit. Yeah, perhaps it was the lack of the having to study for the European testing that really allowed them to flourish in the second semester. So perhaps it was a blessing in disguise. And you could now say, yeah. They can, uh, they can bring in some high quality transfer students and really be able to succeed in on both the European stage and within the class. Uh, some of Conte's top performing students this year can't talk about Conte's class without talking about Hyungman's son. I, you know, he's had some very stellar academic years, but this was certainly his he best. He certainly set himself apart with this year. Certainly. Um, and it seems at times that his very good friend and partner in the class, Mr. Kane, can go absent at times. Especially in the first semester, <laughs> Mr. Kane, as we'll get into, wasn't really focused on his academics too much. And sometimes he, he gets colds and he's out of school for a while, uh, and that's when Hillman's song kind of feels isolated, especially as one of the few in the group that can perform so well in the attacking. And when Kane is not performing well in the attacking because he's out with the flu or, so, or such and such, uh, that's when Son needs to step up, and he did it this year. Yeah, absolutely. We love to see a student that, you know, when the pressure is on and a lot of stressors are bearing down on him, uh, he can really perform and keep his grades at a high level. And sure. Son is absolutely one of those students. And that's why we were so disappointed to see that the superintendent hasn't really nominated him for any sort of individual award. Certainly. Uh, again, it was clear that players like Mr. Sala and Mr. De Bruyne were going to be up for valedictorian, mm -hmm. but really no recognition for Hyungman's son. But looking at the test scores, it's clear he was one of the best students in the district. Yeah, absolutely. This was a really surprising omission. I think we'll have to have a chat with the bosses here. Uh, finally, one of the, another one of their top performers, Mr. Kulishevsky, mm -hmm. uh, actually transferred in in January, only played during the second semester, only was doing tests during the second semester, I should say. Uh, but he hopped right in and performed very, very well under Mr. Conte, and Mr. Conte must be given credit for that. Yeah, it was great to see how uh, Harry Kane and Human Son kind of brought him into their little group. I know that it's hard sometimes for two players or students to bring another student into their study group certainly and let them flourish but that's absolutely what's happened and i really like that grouping and hopefully i'm sure mr conte is trying to convince uh dejan to stay permanently i know this is only a six-month study program yes but hopefully uh mr conte can keep him in his class for the long haul i think it is what's best for mr conte's group is that mr kulishevsky stays yes absolutely as we move on to our fifth 
of the teacher reviews, we move on to another teacher that has had some very up and down test scores this year, Mr. Arteta. Yes. Uh, Mr. Arteta's class, I know we said that Chelsea's group is very young, but Mr. Arteta's class is one of the youngest in all the districts in the world, um, warranting some very, very inconsistent test results uh for them no european testing this year allowed them to focus a lot on the domestic testing but that's kind of what helped uh mr conte's class in the second half of the semester and clearly it's helped mr arteta's class for the better part of it's it's very clear that that lack of european testing can really help a group especially when they're as young as arteta's class thrive and even though they might be a little disappointed to finish below Mr. Conte's task, uh, class in the testing. They can still be very proud of the progress they've made this year. Yes, absolutely. I mean, still a very, very young class, as we've mentioned. And this wasn't really the year we expected them to really uh, be competing for with the test scores of Mr. Conte's class. Mm-hmm. So definitely a lot to be proud of. From Mr. Especially from such an inexperienced teacher. This is his third year teaching. And Mr. Conte has been all around the world teaching some of the brightest and best and brightest young players in the best and brightest young districts. And Arteta's only just come in. And he's got this very young group testing as highly as some of these experienced professors. I think it's a job well done. Yes, absolutely. The only thing that did really concern me was the dip in test scores at the end of the year. Yeah. It really seemed like... Uh, Mr. Arteta's students just lacked the focus, and they were so close to beating out Mr. Conte's class to have the highest test scores overall in the year. And maybe, again, they're young students, maybe just the stress got to them. It's it's clear that that might have had something to do with it. Maybe the, the inexperienced managing as well, or teaching. Yes. Uh, some of the higher performing students in Mr. Arteta's class, again, one of those young guns. Mr. Saka. Mr. Saka was voted class president this year for Mr. Um, for or student of the year, I should say. Yeah. Class president was the departing Alex Lacazette. Uh, Mr. Lacazette was the class former class president. Since he's departing, they might have to actually um, induct a new class president, mm-hmm. looking at maybe Mr. Jacques or Mr. Odegaard for that position. I like Mr. Tierney for that position. Actually, actually okay. I I uh, I can definitely see Mr. Tierney in that position, but. Saka, again, one of the highest performing students, very high study rate, work rate. I uh, worried that his grades would dip this year due to a lack of confidence since he missed that crucial final question on that international quiz team. And he let kind of almost all of the class down, almost all the district down. And we thought that would weigh on his shoulders a lot, but he got right back up and he had a fantastic year. Yes, we've been so impressed with uh, Sokka's uh, ability to deal with the adversity that's come from that experience. It's not easy for a student to rebound from an experience like that. It's very easy to lose confidence, but he had a stellar year again this year, just like he did the year before. He's developing so well under Mr. Arteta's teachings. And we have full faith that he'll qualify for the national quiz team this winter and sure. hopefully do well on the international quiz competition stage. I think he will. Uh, another player, uh, another student that has a chance at the international quiz team, mm-hmm. Aaron Ramsdale. Uh, Mr. Ramsdale really wasn't supposed to 
be the best performing in the goalkeeping subject this year. Uh, formerly, that was uh, the departing, uh, potentially departing, Mr. Leno. But Mr. Ramsdale, the youth that he is, stepped right in, full confidence, even after some subpar test scores in other classes. Uh, stepped right in, full confidence, even with the weight of some of the parents on his shoulders. Came in, fantastic test scores. Certainly tailed off a little bit at the end of the year. Maybe got too complacent with his early fantastic grades, but can't really complain about the year he's had. No, no. Overall on the year, uh, Mr. Ramsdale performed well above a lot of the parents' expectations. And so, yes, obviously, you know, maybe it came back down a little bit more of a reality check in the second semester. But I think all the parents will be pleased with his test scores this year and will be looking forward to seeing how much he develops in this subject for years to come. That just about wraps it up for Mr. Arteta's class. Uh, good season. Could have been great season, but again, it's for a young class, it's that steady performance we're looking for, and we certainly got that. I think it's important that for Mr. Arteta's class, they don't think too much about what could have been and rather what it was, because I think before the year started, I think they would have been very pleased Absolutely. to have these test scores come the end of the year. Absolutely. Yes, they could have had higher test scores, and there's always going to be that bit of disappointment, but overall, they should be very pleased with what they've accomplished this year. I agree. Moving on, we will do the teacher review, although he has been unfortunately fired as teacher of this class, uh, Mr. Ragnick, uh, but we think we should review, because he finished out the year, we Figured we should review. I think for our own benefit, it's good to analyze what we think went wrong for his class. Because, god damn, that shit was hard yeah, to watch. Yeah, it was, it was hard to watch at times. Just brutal test performance after brutal test performance. I remember seeing those Brighton test scores come in. And I couldn't believe them when I saw them personally. It looked like they hadn't even studied. It was almost laughable. It really was. I was laughing almost, but I feared for those parents of those students that just saw those grades come in. Just that test, that unit really hit them hard, uh, along with some other brutal, brutal test scores this year. And for a class that's so talented, you begin to worry if Ragnick was even qualified for this job in the first place. Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, going into this job, we thought that uh, we we heard about his teaching methods that uh, he we even heard that he taught them to Mr. Klopp and that he employed the same teaching methods as uh, Mr. Klopp and so we anticipated that his players would be very receptive to that teaching method but it just didn't seem to go in that direction at all his players didn't seem to want to uh, learn in that regard and it really just created a disconnect between students and teacher and yeah. it was. It was just a mess. Yes. Uh, some of his top performance students this year, there was really only one we could pick out. A lot of them we could point out as really underperforming students, specifically Mr. McGuire. Um, but Cristiano Ronaldo, you know, one of those leaders in the class, arguably the unwritten class president, even though technically it was Mr. Fernandez. Uh Hi there, post-production Braden here again, and I just wanted to point out that podcast Braden made a slight error when he said that Bruno Fernandez is class president, it is actually Harry Maguire. I thought Harry Maguire had been stripped of class presidency because of what happened a couple summers ago in Greece. I was wrong, and I apologize for that. 
However, just wanted to point out that there was a slight error that podcast Brayden made. Anyways, back to the podcast. Uh, you could argue that Ronaldo kind of picked up that leadership role as class president just a little bit more. Uh, his performances certainly showed that his history of being yes. one of the best academic students in the world for years. I mean, he's arguably the best student to ever roam these halls. He's certainly up there. And he's another reason why prior to this year, we had such high expectations for Mr. Ragnar's class. Sure. Uh, but he was one of those few that stayed consistent throughout the year. That's why it's so hard to believe that so many parents thought that he was the reason the class average was so low during the first semester. I don't understand it. We got a lot of really nasty emails from parents thinking that it was Ronaldo's fault and it was his leadership that was leading them astray. We can't imagine that that was the case looking at the test scores. They have to feel awfully silly now looking back on this year, seeing just how big a contributor Mr. Ronaldo was to this very subpar year of yes, test scores. That absolutely. could have been far, far worse. One of the worst for the Manchester United class yes. in recent history, certainly. Uh, but I think... I was getting word that we have actually the new professor for this class, Mr. Eric Ten Hag, in for his introduction right now. So why don't we welcome actually in yeah. Mr. Eric Ten Hag? Okay. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Ten Hag. We have we are very very glad that you've decided to take over. And Mr. all the Ragnick. parents of the Manchester United class are very happy. Yes, to see you. there were some nasty emails written to us, Mr. Ten Hag. Uh, we were under a lot of pressure to make some change, and we're glad we could bring you in as professor at Manchester United. Uh, we really haven't had a, a stellar professor of this class since... Mr. Ferguson. Yes. Um, but we're hoping that, maybe if not living up to Mr. Ferguson as the legend he is... Uh, you, your academic teachings can kind of bring them up to that level almost. Um, obviously, we've seen your students' performances at the other uh, Netherlands district, the Ajax class specifically. Some very young students in that class. Similar to some young students that we'll get to in Manchester United's class, but it's, it's the, the teaching, uh, the ways that you teach that kind of make us believe that you can bring this Manchester United class back to the top. And listen, we don't want you to be discouraged by the subpar performances of the students in this yeah. class from the last two semesters because they have all the the intelligent the the intelligence it takes to have some of the highest averages in the entire school this coming semester. And I think under a teacher like you, that is possible. So let's talk about some of the students that we think you should pay close attention to this year, starting with Mr. Jaden Sancho. He is an immensely talented transfer student from Germany whose grades last year just never seemed to meet expectations because I, he set the bar so high. I had great expectations for, for Mr. Sancho, but again, he just didn't, didn't live up to it. No, and he showed his ability on a few tests this year, but he's a student who could be one of the best in the class this upcoming year under the right tutelage. Uh... We talked about him earlier, but obviously you weren't here, Mr. Ten Hag. Uh, Mr. Fernandez, another member of your class, he is currently the class president. Uh, whether you would like to make a change to that, um, that is up to you. However, he is the current class president, one of the leaders of this group, certainly, and certainly one of the more consistent performances, the performers in this class. Although his test scores have not been up to what he did last year coming in from the Portuguese district, he 
certainly has brought that standard of excellence that we've come to get used to for Mr. Fernandez. And we think that he will be a big part of your team in the or your class in the coming year. Yes, absolutely. Mr. Fernandez is someone who has shown his intelligence time and time again. Uh, not only in the last two semesters, obviously not quite as much as he did in the year prior, but definitely someone who is going to be a fantastic student for this class for years to come. So I think that I think we should move on to probably the student that needs possibly the most attention this coming yeah, year. Yeah, a bit of a troublemaker. Yeah, a bit, bit of a troublemaker, Mr. McGuire. And listen, I think it's important that you know his history. His parents pay a lot of money to get him into the school, and he's never quite met the expectations in yeah. terms of test scores. And I think that's, that's really weighed down on him. He's been under a lot of ridicule uh, from the parents for his low grades this year. So I think it's just important that you keep an eye on him, just make sure that he's doing okay. Yeah, I, I, I have faith that he can be one of the top performers in the defending subject. He's just lost his way quite a bit since he came in from Mr. Rogers' uh, Lester's, Lester class. So we're hoping that maybe you can help him find his way a little bit. Because the thing is, he does surprisingly well on the quiz team, and we're hoping that that'll continue this winter when he likely goes to Qatar for the international competition. But hopefully under your teaching, yeah. he can replicate those test scores within your class as well. Sure. I... Couldn't agree more. Oh, I think it's the bell. I think it's time to move on to the next subject. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Ten Hog, for joining us today. And uh, we will transition. All right. Whew. That was a long, hard day school. But uh, now it's time to go on to a school favorite. And that's the classic spelling bee. And uh, certainly in the football world, we've got a lot of difficult names to spell. So. Let's try to quiz each other and see who can uh, spell these names the best. So, you want to go first or should I? Rock, we'll rock, paper, scissors. Uh, I don't want to go first. Okay. <laughs> so I'm rock, paper, scissors to not go first. So do you want to go first? I'll go first. All right, sure, I'll go first. So for those obviously can't see, we're pulling, we put, we both wrote down names that we think were very difficult to spell currently, current footballers in the world. And we put them in a pot, and we're picking out even the names I wrote myself. I, I don't feel confident that I can cannot spell. spell. And I wrote them down about half hour. Ago. All right, here's one you should know very well: Boychek Chesney. Just need to spell the last name. Chesney. Just Chesney. I do it like the spelling bee too. So say the word, spell it, say the word. Chesney. S. Z. I think there's a C in there. S Z C E Z N E S Y Chesney. Fortunately, that's wrong. Chesney is spelled S Z C Z E S N Y Chesney. I've played so much sport. I've played so much Arsenal Sporkle. That I actually know how to spell that one. Um, all right, my turn. All right, let's see. Yeah. Jakob Blaschikovsky. Oh boy, I remember using this guy in uh, Ultimate Team. Back as in Dortmund days. As my Royce Link. Can you use in a sentence? 
UC's Jakob Blaschikovsky back in the Dortmund <laughs> days to link up to Marco Rosa. Okay, thanks. Blaschikovsky. B L A Z C Z O K O W S K I. Blaschikovsky. You are so really. Oh my god, I thought it was way off. The only one you missed was instead of an O there, it's a Y. I see. I never would have got that. That's how you pronounce anything. It's not Blaschikovsky. Yeah. So I cannot believe how close you got. I think that's arguably the hardest one in that pod. Maybe. So I I'd be pretty proud of that. Well, I am proud of that performance. Although I'd still get knocked out of this volume me, but. It is what it is. I don't know if any of the uh this this is a last round word. Yes. I don't know if any of the twelve year olds that win these uh national spelling bees could really spell spell Blaschikowski. Blaschikowski. Uh all right. Do a couple more. Thanawat? Oh yeah. <laughs> this is one of the ones I just found on the Premier League website. Okay. Solely looking for a really. I'm gonna try to, to pronounce spell. this, and you're gonna try to spell it. Sueng Jitawan. Sueng Jitawan. Sueng. Ch- Last one. Okay. Sueng Chitawan. Thanawat Sueng Sueng Chitawan. Sueng Chitawan. Sueng Chitawan. S U. S U E N G C H I T T A W O N So close. You forgot an H after the double T. Isn't H after a double it's, T? Yes, yeah, swing to Tawin. It, it, it's Technically, swing ch to howen, but it's pronounced swing ch howen. I would think. Okay. You don't really pronounce the huh, but that was misleading. Still close, and I think you benefited a little bit from having written that. But yes. Um. Okay. Last one. Aurelian Tukameni. See, this name has been around twitter so much recently because yeah. he just signed for real madrid that i should be able to spell it okay tukameni t-o-u-c-h-a-u-m-e-n-i tukameni all right unfortunately that's incorrect oh. so it's t-c-h-o-u TC? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> it's T C H O U A M E N I. Okay. Well, the TC, I, again, yeah. that's on me, too, Kameni. If you're watching, I doubt you are, but that's on me. Okay. That's it for the spelling bee. I've just about had enough of that. Uh, <laughs> let's transition to our next segment, which will be a little bit of a high school yearbook favorite the classic superlatives so inform us to what superlatives we got going for us today 
Okay, so the first superlative, and you know, if you've had a middle school or high school yearbook, some of these may be familiar, some of them may not be, but this one is most likely to star in a reality show. Okay, and uh, who do you got for that? For this one, I have Jack Grealish. I would have to agree with you on that one. First of all, I think just half the episode you could fill with just close-ups of his calves. I mean, yeah, he seems like a classic Love Islander, if you ask me. Yes, it's what the people want to see. Yes. Uh, he could even be The Bachelor if he really wanted to. Really, he can do whatever he wants. Yeah. I think this man is pure main character energy <laughs> in terms of a reality show. And he didn't. the great thing is he didn't do shit all season for City. <laughs> But he was just absolute vibes during their title celebrations. Like, I don't know if you saw, like, the banter with Bernardo Silva on Twitter, where uh, Grealish is saying, like, oh, thank God we got him out in, like, the final day. <laughs> like, we brought in Kundawang because he was way off it. He's uh, quick to, to cause mayhem, certainly, and that's what reality TV producers would want. Yeah. Uh, and he also just seems like a genuine guy that, you know, <laughs> I, I just love to see on a reality show. I think... He definitely lives a very fun life. I would think so. He was in Ibiza less than 24 hours yeah. after the uh, celebration, uh, the title celebration. So, uh, Class Clown, uh, another very popular uh, superlative for the yearbook. Um, I think it's a clear favorite here. Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire. I mean, he just makes people laugh every week. He's just that guy that you can rely on to do something stupid in front of the whole class that makes everyone crack up. It's, you can't really take him seriously just because of how comical he is. Yes. The class, it's important that a class clown isn't like the kind of like sarcastic, like dry humor person. It has to be like the full, like cartoonish type of like <laughs> humor where like people are like daring him to do stupid shit. And yeah. He, like, does it without any yeah. hesitation. Yeah. Uh, almost Grant Jaka-esque. I feel like Grant Jaka could almost be in this. Yeah, well, Grant Jaka certainly gets in trouble for those things. Yes. He gets suspended pretty often for doing something stupid. But Harry Maguire, it's a little more tasteful, I feel. He usually gets away with it. Yes. in All in good fun, I would say. Uh, best bromance, would you say? Best bromance. I think an obvious one may be to go with uh, Harry Kane and Kerman's on. But I like to go with Mason Mount and Declan Rice. Yeah. Um, Mount and Rice are both just very likable people, just from what I see on social media. Yeah. Uh, it's also a very good story. They both came through the Chelsea uh, Academy yeah. together, so they've been friends for a very long time. Uh, they've gone, like, family vacations together, mm -hmm. uh, and both of them are also becoming big pieces for the England national team. Yeah. They don't play on the same club team, but a lot of their, you know, a lot of things you'll see them in together is, like, these videos from the England team locker room, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. You'll see a lot more of that uh, in Qatar. This yeah, window. certainly. Um, and if England ends up playing a 3-4-3 with two midfielders, it could end up being Mount and Declan Rice in the midfield. Uh, maybe you want to throw Calvin Phillips in there or Jude Bellingham, but you never know. I, I know Mount likes to play on the wing for that team, but it's very possible they could play in the pivot together. Yeah, I think, obviously, there's also big uh, links for Rice to go to a big six club this summer, whether it be United under Ten Hag. Or probably a bigger, or there's been probably stronger interest from Chelsea themselves. So I think in the near future, it's very possible that both for club and country, we see them together too. Oh, I think it's the final bell. Uh, school's officially out. Uh, that 
will then conclude our podcast. It's it's been a fun one, I'll say. It's fun. It's been, it's been fun going back to school for the day. Um, I certainly enjoyed my Capri Sun and my Dipsy Doodles a lot. Uh, no matter what age you're at, uh, Capri Sun. They hit. Yeah, they certainly yeah. hit. You can uh, you can always appreciate it's instant Capri nostalgia. <laughs> I would think so. I'm more of an apple juice guy, to be completely honest. But you know, can't fault a Capri Sun. No. But with that, we'll say goodbye. <laughs>